Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. First of September, the roads are busy, everyone's back to school, Dubai is bustling like it never stopped and uh, there's lots of activities happening. I was at the opening of a new restaurant in ICD Brookfield uh, in DIFC last night uh, from the Eat X group uh, of Tom and Serge fame. They've opened the Guild. I well recommend checking it out. And uh, there's so much going on in the city at the moment, as always. Uh, if you're following the smashy business uh, news, the investments and in startups, you'll see some cool AI stuff this week. G42 from Abu Dhabi have launched an AI model called Jace. And then in the fintech type space, Tabby, uh, by now pay later app, have launched Tabby Shop as well on their app. So uh, this week's interview is around the sort of fintech space like Tabby, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today with us is Purvi Munut. She is the CEO and co-founder of SAV, S-A-V. They are a homegrown, hyper-personalized fintech app that only launched last year in 2022. They want to bring relevance and sustainability to personal finances. Good morning, Purvi. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. And thanks for coming on. You just got off a flight from Jeddah at three o'clock this morning. It's 11 o'clock now and you're going to Riyadh uh, tonight. So uh, the life of an entrepreneur, how are you today? I'm doing very well and very excited uh, to be a part of this. Uh, and I'm sure uh, there's nothing new in this life. Uh, you have to be where your audiences are. Yeah. And so tell us, what is, uh, do, you, do you say SAV or do you say SAV? Uh, we call it SAV. SAV. So, so tell us, what's the pitch? So we realize that a lot of expats come in here to enjoy great salaries, a good lifestyle. However, amidst the glitz and glam of the city, it's so easy to lose control of your finances. And that is where there has to be an instrument that helps you understand your money better, puts you in control of it, and helps you save money for your financial goals. That's what SAVE is about. So it's, so it's SAV, so it's from short of save, that's where you get yes, there. Yes. So is it a savings app or is it a transactional app? This is a savings app. And our focus is uh, how do you connect your multiple bank accounts and see insights about your spending habits and also find opportunities where you can save and invest better. So it starts with learning about yourself and your behavior. And then the next step is understanding and realizing what your financial goals are. And then we simplify the process for our users. Uh, can you deposit savings into the app? Yes. Uh, so we do not take deposits directly. We have partnered with banks and financial institutions, which are licensed to keep users money. And whenever you are saving, you can pick up an instrument of your choice and start saving or investing towards it. But you can make the transactions in the app, but you're not the custodian. Uh, no, we are not the custodians. Okay. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about the background? How did you get into this and how did the idea come about? 
So I've always been a consumer banker and a payments person across my career. So started with Citibank and APAC markets, then moved here with Mastercard's advisors team. So I was working with a lot of banks in UAE, KSA, Bahrain to help them launch new products, only to realize that the focus of the region had been quite skewed recently towards borrowing and how do we make a customer consume more and more, even if they cannot afford it. Uh, there has been significant innovation in moving things from physical banking to digital banking. However, uh, there was a missing element where no one was talking about how do you put users in control of their money. And that that's the entire money management spectrum that we have been talking about. So comes a bit of my experience uh, across the industry. And then realizing there's a significant gap around how saving products are, are handled in the region, which have been limited to saving savings accounts or current accounts. Uh, but how do we make it more user-friendly and relevant to lifestyles of the users is something that we intend to do with uh, the fintech that we have built. Okay, so I think everyone will agree that, you know, man, being knowledgeable about finances is important, uh, money literacy, and uh, also obviously saving and how you described sort of consumer behavior around money. But, but how, how did you go about it? So, what, at what point did you decide, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur or, uh, you know, were you waiting for a product like this to come about and it, it wasn't coming, uh, you weren't seeing one, so you decided to do it yourself? Uh, so I have uh, been a recent mover into the Dubai uh, ecosystem. So I came in here just around COVID, around 2020, and uh, I, I had seen a I was I was about to realize that while I'm, I'm I'm drawing 3x salaries from my home country, I'm not saving as much, and a lot of it is getting consumed because I'm going out for fancy dinners. There's a great lifestyle that I'm uh, I have started to live, which I can afford, but necessarily doesn't fit into my long-term goals. And when I could uh, when I started speaking to friends, family, uh, peers in office, I could realize that everyone faces the same issue. They were saving much much. Uh, larger amounts uh, back home than what they're able to put together in here. So people are smart, but that doesn't mean they're money wise as well. And that's where they need uh, places where they can put their heads around saying, this is what I want to achieve. This is when I want to achieve. And this is going to be my path. And we simplify that process where we chart out that. And that was our starting point. Started with more of a personal problem uh, then uh, we ventured out understanding how people around us are also facing it. And now we are about 50,000 users strong. Uh, so we see that people want to really save money, uh, just that they've been looking for right instrument in there. Okay, so 50,000 people are doing what? Uh, so they do three things on the app. One, where they get insights about their spend behavior. Uh, they are finding opportunities where they can save and invest. So the app can tell you, hey, you've drawn only 20,000 dirhams this month, but you ended up spending 22,000. So there's the scope to tone down your expenses. On the other hand, what we also do is, uh, hey, you, uh, you've drawn 20,000 this month, but you spent only 16,000. There's that 4,000, which should be invested or saved better in formats that could uh, sit well with the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, that's the first thing they do. The second thing is they create multiple financial goals. Uh, so you want to get a holiday to Hawaii, you want to save up for your kids' education, could be any goal. You can just set that 
The second thing uh, that we have done very efficiently on the app, and that's what people do, is automate their savings. So every time you are spending, your spare change can be rounded up and get into one of your goal accounts. Every time you get paid, your money can be automatically divided into your goals, uh, and that's that's what people love. The best thing that people get out of the app, and that they are most sticky on the app about is the rewards ecosystem. So every time you save on the app, you get save coins, which could get you free coffees, movie nights, discounts on e-commerces. And that not only saves you money directly, but there's a lot to save indirectly and a lot of reward ecosystem that makes you sticky to a, a, a good money behavior. Sounds like you've built a few things in once. I like that feature about the round up, the spare change part to digitize that. It's like, you know, the the physical world of the of the money jar when you have change in your pocket. But how does that work if you're not making a payment on the app? Does the app recognize when you've made a payment with your ATM cards or your yes. debit credit cards yes. and it sees that it's like say 149 dooms, 35 right. fills, it takes the 64, 65 fills and puts it in a... Right, exactly okay. that. So every time you're spending like 135 bucks, the additional five bucks can get rounded up and get into one of your goal accounts. Okay. And uh, it, it is your choice how you want to save towards it and uh, how uh, which goals do you want to contribute it towards. Uh, but this just works well. You don't have to constantly think about saving. Even while you're spending, there's an opportunity to save. Yeah, interesting. And uh, so you launched in 2022, you came here in the pandemic. Uh, at what point uh, did you and say, did you start? Uh, was it a year before you launched? And, you know, you have a co-founder, like, how did that come about? How did you meet your co-founder? And how did you launch? Uh, right. So <clears throat> I came from a financial background. So I was constantly looking at the industry and seeing what's happening globally and uh, what's happening in uh, the UAE and GCC in general. We could see there's a huge potential, there's a huge influx of money that happens into individual bank accounts every month. But there's an opportunity to unlock and say that uh, savings can become big as well. Uh, that became my starting point and it was only 2021, a year into the ecosystem, I started feeling that. But then I did a lot of groundwork around uh, getting a banking partner, getting uh, ecosystem players in place, uh, putting together a team. We've got a very impressing, uh, impressive team uh, who have been all 2X founders, so they knew uh, the drill of building a company. and. Uh, Feb 2022 is when we took the final call that we have to be full-time on this. Uh, we've done enough scoping and uh, fleshing out the ideas. Uh, we went about understanding more around customer behaviors for the first three, four months before we even started building the product. Next four to five months were around building the tech side of it and testing it with very limited audiences. And as we moved forward, we, we decided that how how do we just scale this for more and more users? So November 2022 is when we finally launched it for the audiences. So good eight, 10 months went into the real understanding and building piece of it. Uh, my co-founders actually come from a very diverse background. When I was looking at savings as a problem from uh, a very uh, customer perspective, saying that customers want to save their money towards their goals, but they do not get uh, multiple apps like you've seen globally. You've got Revolut, Monzo's, N26, Capitals, and they're pretty popular. Uh, but what he was looking at, one of my co-founders, Mithil, was looking at this problem from a very commerce angle. If people are wanting to save, there are things they want to buy. 
and those are they want to take their next holidays they want to uh, save up for maternity do a home, home makeover so how do we connect the user intents with brands they love and create value not only for the customers but also for the ecosystem players and that's where mithil joined me uh, after being commerce director for uh, a large media agency uh, for me in tokyo region and my other co-founder has a technology background the have uh, been heading innovation for national bank of dubai uh, then built a web3 uh, uh, startup exited that and then joined us uh, early 2022 has it that's interesting like were you tempted when you were coming up with this idea sort of late 2020 or throughout 2021 to do a sort of a web3 company and or did you think that sort of the fintech saving you know something that everyone understands and that is needed for today was the more safer bet uh for me it was always uh, the banking world and that is where i could see uh, simple gaps uh, if you want to change customer behavior or movement towards a technology it takes certain amount of time but there are certain things which are straightforward which are you saving your money in certain formats but can we put some intelligence into it can we put relevance into it can we fit that into your lifestyle and that is what we typically started with as we move forward we've got plans how do we plug in multiple products which fit into users lifestyles and make it more relevant on a day to day basis such as so we are talking about insurances investments uh even how do we uh, there's an interesting product that we have recently launched which is regions for save now buy later platform yeah which helps you to not save buy now pay later save now, now buy later, later. <laughs> so we incentivize you for planning your goals in advance so if you want to take a holiday and you say that i want to save up with one of our brand partners the brand co saves with you you save 5000 bucks the brand gives you 500 uh, for being in control of their money and uh, loving the brand that's quite cool yeah uh it's like giving a discount as well that's interesting it's a way better return and uh, optically uh, the user sees value in it any which way you were going to buy those things so mm. why pick up a loan if you don't need it so you have a you have someone who's passionate about the banking world you have someone who understands commerce and consumer behavior and transactions and some a technologist was that enough did you could you did you get your kind of mbp your your minimal viable product did you get the app ready with those three people and you know uh, uh, yeah and what's the team now uh, we are a 16 member team right now and most of our team still is on technology we since we are building a technology product the core has to be really strong and scalable and that is what we focused on at all times so we built a uh, uh, an ecosystem that can plug in multiple financial products as we grow can go to multiple geographies as we grow uh, so that's where the impetus had been but when we talk about an mvp it was mithil i uh abdul who have been uh, at the core of it and then we had very uh, senior mentors from the industry who had been working with us very closely uh, on regulations on technology on building the product but it is not only bringing those elements together it is understanding the customer and what they actually want so it required us to go back to the customers every day four to five hours talking to them that what exactly do they want and are we even solving their problems right that's so, how you did your sort of one to one focus groups uh yes it was more one to one uh focus groups only came in later because people get influenced money is quite personal in nature right you do not want to talk about your real issues or your real feelings or beliefs about money 
in public. Uh, whereas when I speak to you, you'd be happy to tell me, okay, one, two, three are the challenges that I face. And probably this is how an ecosystem can solve towards it. Not everyone is honest about their money issues, but uh, yes, one-on-ones always work better. <laughs> well, the app and the yeah. data doesn't lie. And uh, I was quite impressed with the applicant feel on the website and the design of it. It's quite intuitive. It's visual. Uh, so was that important? Did you have good UX, UI? Did you work with third parties or how did you go about that? So we've always kept our team intra- uh, internal. Every member has been full-time since day one. Uh, we... Uh, we understood that design is an important element, but it has evolved over a period of time. Uh, and it has evolved because we had customer feedback. The first cut was more from understanding of uh, understanding that we developed from first 100 people, right? But now the version of the app is uh, from the understanding that we have developed from 40,000 plus people. So it constantly evolves. Even the use cases that we are building are evolving. Uh, uh, we could see that a lot of couples come in here and both of them are earning couples. They contribute towards the finances equally. They don't only want to spend together, they want to save together. So how do you incorporate that into the savings ecosystem is something that we are actively working on. Save now by later comes again from a user behavior that they want to save, but they want to save for something they want to buy. So how do you incentivize and help them stay on track? So yes, uh, the learnings have been on the way and UX is constantly evolving. We are still not at 100% and I believe that there's no 100% in a startup world. You have to constantly evolve as your customers evolve. Yeah, it's always on, isn't it? Like design and development, it's good to hear that you have that many that, that you have you're focused on the product because it just you can't sort of push something out and that's it like you have to constantly iterate it's yeah. never ending and the team will probably grow <laughs> yeah and and that so how do you make money uh, so multiple ways uh, we've got ecosystem partners uh, who we get more customers for uh, right now we do not make any money on the financial services part we do not charge anything for the users because there's a lot of habit building uh, and removal of friction that we are focused on. Are you incentivized then to push products towards people? Uh, we get incentivized by brands. So that's how uh, we make money. So, uh, for example, the financial industry is quite competitive. Lots of different brands have different debit cards, credit cards, savings plans, and leads are premium for them. And the thought of 50,000 ready mays qualified leads with intent it seems uh seems appealing uh do how does it work like do they have um for everyone who goes through save uh sav Mm -hmm. for everyone who goes through your app uh do they what's the percentage or how do you what what's the sort of affiliate deal or what's the cost per acquisition that you receive um, so we've been one of the industry lowest when it comes to acquiring a customer because... Uh, but I mean, for the, the way that you make money. So like, how, how do you, you know, if, if someone chooses a product via a third party? Right. So if they pick up a financial product via yeah. us, uh, it is a customer choice and it's absolutely optional if they'd want a financial product. And that is where uh, they directly pay to banks or the financial services provider. But on the other hand, for using the platform, there's a subscription fee we are in process of introducing. And but so, so just on the side, so do you get a cut of what they save or do you get a, a one-off fee for bringing that customer to the financial institution? Uh, so right now we don't uh, intend to monetize on the financial services part. Uh, this 
this is something that we are still discussing with the regulator how we can make a cut of uh, or take a portion of what we uh, get from the users uh, but that's that's something that we don't monetize at all but you Have monetize which on part? when the customer is saving and is ready to buy uh, we monetize on that time you get a you get a fee yeah and then and then the subscription part yeah subscription is something which we are introducing with some advanced features so there are advanced rewards that come in and at the same time features like save do save now buy later across the spectrum open up for the user and this is going to be really minimal uh, our focus is going uh, is to reach more and more users and uh, deploy more network effects before we choose that it is time to monetize it in the full uh, to the fullest like building a sort of a, a vouchers app is a business in itself was that hard to do on top of the savings app to have the sort of reward points and discounts and incentives right so we don't uh, directly do the discounts but the idea was tied to a very simple loop that we wanted to build uh savings everyone wants to do but it requires a lot of effort and discipline and if you're not incentivized enough you're not going to stay hooked to it what we do is every time you save on the platform there are save coins associated so customer saves the money earns the save coins and gets added rewards right and obviously it was quite an effort because we've got about 100 plus e-commerce brands already listed on the platform we've got a very cool cafes uh, that Uh, the customers get access to for free coffees and uh, discounts on food but it is associated with a simple pattern uh, yes it took us time to build the merchant side of ecosystem but that also gets onto being one of our modes which is not replicable on day one e-commerce is that what what's the experience does that mean i can buy uh, headphones on your app on amazon uh, no we get you deals where you can buy so we unlock you specialized deals and you can directly go on merchants website and buy it okay and it's tracked and you get an affiliate uh we don't get an affiliate there's there's a direct partnership that we've got with a lot of brands okay fair enough and uh it's lot, lots of interesting features on the app but technically uh on this podcast I've, I've interviewed a few different people before in fintech and there was one particular company who uh built an app that you could see all your investments mm-hmm. so not necessarily the purchasing and the savings but that you could see where your assets were in property what was in equities what was in bonds what was in uh real, real estate or you know anything else uh and a lot of the difficulty that I had to start with the kind of APIs and integrating right. all the data in real time how uh, has that been easy and is it easy for you to do or how have you gone about it and then secondly you know when the users logging in do they need to connect then all their different banking cards uh with you and how easy is that Right so the process is pretty simple we uh, that that hadn't been a challenge from a user's perspective but that building that ecosystem where you could bring all the banking partners together and multiple asset types together is slightly complex and that is where we limit ourselves only to banking accounts at this point in time uh, yes as we grow we'd want to have a, a real time snapshot of Uh, your overall money or uh, your net worth uh, that's where we are also headed to but it's it's not simple on day one you have to work with certain aggregators who are licensed to do this uh, right now we are not licensed to connect to direct bank accounts and uh, uh, see customers data so we we just reflect we process what we have but we don't store any information and give customers insight we are third party partners 
Okay. Uh, okay. So the the technical part. So how soon is the data visible on the app? So Instantly. Say, so I, I use delivery or purchase lunch uh, before this show. Right. I, I didn't, but just imagine I did. And then uh, it cost me 60 dirhams. I open the app and it's visible there. Yes. You just have to do a quick refresh and uh, it would show up there if your bank account is connected. Okay. So it's, so that's, that's quite impressive. So it, it's mainly the bank accounts. It's mainly yes. your purchasing. Only bank accounts right now. We do not have credit cards as an option. And I'm sure that's going to be your great addition as we move forward. Yeah. Especially with your sort of your visa background, was it? Or MasterCard? It's MasterCard. MasterCard. Yeah. Interesting. And um, so how, with fintech and with finance and things like that, there's really good regulation in the UAE. But how did you go about setting up the license? Uh, which activities did you need and where did you set it up? So we worked with licensed financial services uh, provider to do uh, the activity of arranging and providing money services. What we limited ourselves is to building intuitive technology that uh, connects user and the financial services provider. So between bank and us, there is, there's a middle layer that sits, which is licensed in nature. Now, when we want to add insurances, uh, other products, that's where we are in process of obtaining direct financial services license. Okay, and which free zone did you set it up in? Uh, we are in DIFC, uh, and uh, we intend to be regulated by DFSA. Very good, and did you raise funds? Yes, we did. So we raised uh, about a million dollars in December of 2022. Seed or series? This was a pre-seed. Pre-seed. Yes. Uh, so this was just about when we were getting started and getting the product rolling. But uh, from 2,000 customers back then, we've got about 50,000 users. So that's we've shown immense uh, growth. Uh, and yeah. So, so then, so that's kind of six months later. You have sixteen people. Million dollars goes fast. So you're probably on a raising seed round now. Uh, we would be raising very soon. We haven't formally uh, opened the round as of yet. Uh, but yes, uh, it takes good six to eight months if you have to plan a larger seed, and that's where we have just about started getting the conversations going. Okay, and when you're speaking to investors, are they excited enough of the opportunity on saving, or do they want to see more? Uh, more, you know, not a, not a super app, but more uh, things that can potentially get more users. So features. I think what investors are looking at is how sticky is the behavior that you are trying to create. And while acquiring a customer is easy, are you able to retain the customers with uh, more offers, features, functionalities, right? So why, why is acquiring customer easy? Uh, Acquiring customers as in getting a customer to uh, get downloaded download you or uh, get registered, right? They can discover you on multiple channels, right? But uh, some people find that hard, but you... It is, it is. So I'm, uh, I should put it, it's relatively easy, but what's difficult is keeping, keeping a customer them. on the app, yeah. right? And that's where the challenge starts. That is the customer doing enough number of activities on the app? Or do you have enough offerings uh, 
to uh, offer to the user so that they stick by. Where we found our niche was the entire Save Now by Later proposition, where we have partnered with 13 travel brands. So if you want to travel anywhere, you can actually pick up a goal with any brand of your choice and start saving towards them and brand contributes. That's a lot of value. Uh, there are two ancillary other categories that we are working on right now, automobiles, jewelry, home makeovers, make a very a good category for us. And uh, we're just going deeper. We are focusing on where our customers are. And that is what investors like to see. Uh, and we've got very good response on that front. Okay, cool. So people people are using your app maybe for inspiration of what to do with their savings as well. They save. Yeah. They are saving and that makes the difference. Yeah. And like there's other sort of um, apps that have come about in the region on investment apps, like, uh, you know, connecting with, stock markets and things like that. Right. Is that something you looked at? Uh, yes, and that's on our roadmap as well. But where we want to be is helping people understand their money better and uh, doing uh, the basic bit first before thinking of investments. Again, where the issue comes in is people want to invest, but there's a lot of financial literacy re research which is required before you get onto a DIY investment app. And that's where we want to start the journey where we are able to handhold them right from the saving stage for things that they do on a regular basis. They spend on a regular basis, but how can we make it more responsible consumption for them? How do we make affordability more sustainable for them? And then as the next step, how do we help them create their emergency corpuses or how do we help them save for their retirement goals, right? Mm. So that's that's where it sets in. Uh, emergency corpus, uh, corpus is, again, a focus area for us. But as we move forward, around investments would kick in. Insurance is, uh, is something that has been massively overlooked in this region as well. And that's what we want to bundle with users' day-to-day -day lifestyle. Uh, so for, for emergencies that happen... Um, and things that we do not imagine, uh, that's where the control is also required. But everything transactional. So when if you have an insurance product, does that mean that you've partnered with insurance provider and you custom the product, but then the transaction takes place outside of your app? So we have partnered with, we are in process of partnering with insurance apps. And before launching, I cannot be saying anything because we are still in process of uh getting regulated uh, but the idea is have white label products for our customers so that they associate with save as a brand and as we move forward uh, they they know that we trust this brand and it just fits into my lifestyle seamlessly that's cool yeah so it so it is quite native then it's white labeled and um yeah so going back on the different types of fintech offerings like uh, this is very consumer focused. Is there ever going to be a sort of a, a B2B or uh, a corporate function? Oh, yes. Uh, so our Save Now by Later proposition is more of a B2B2C uh, format where we are not only serving our users, we are also serving brands, right? How they look at it is uh, they've been looking for customers who have got high intent to buy and beyond Meta and other channels, how do they get access to uh, these customers much uh, in advance, like much uh, in advance of their actual purchase. And that's where that's the opportunity that we unlock for them. A customer who is still in a consideration phase, but actively saving towards something becomes uh, the most high intent customer that they can have. And uh, for... Uh, 
that's where we get listed on their websites. We uh, we are present in stores where customer can start their savings journey when they have got an intent to buy something. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I get that, and that obviously a strong appeal for uh, brands looking to sell to customers. Uh, but what about companies who want to save? Like, what about different? You know, if if you've got a very good visual uh, app and that you look at money, then uh, that could be of use to businesses as well. If you look at data and look at where... Right. So there's a big data play that we are building in here because not only do we understand customers' spending patterns and saving patterns, we also know what kind of lifestyle needs that uh, they are consuming on, on a day-to-day basis that comes in from what kind of save rewards that they are uh, consuming or what kind of brands that they are saving with. So that's where we are trying to cohortize customers. There are about 322 data points that we monitor of the customers right now and then build a more wanting to build a more intelligent engine uh, that that just fits into how they want to do things. Uh, banks typically have been a more product-led where if you go to a particular bank, one, two, three, four products exist. How we want to flip that story saying is, this is where the customer's lifestyle is. This is how they spend. This is how they save. This is what they want to buy. And how do you plug in multiple financial products into the, their journey is going to be a game changer for them. This is where money and financial services are going to resonate more with them. Uh, now, I think your second part of the question was, can we embed uh, savings with merchants? Uh, while that is a thing yet to be seen, I think money is more personal and you want to keep it where you see the core purpose is uh, saving your money or spending your money. So you wouldn't want to go and save your money with a particular merchant because you don't know how that's going to span out. Would you get your money back or not? So there's a lot of trust building that you need to do with between the customer and the brand and the entire owners then goes to the brands which the brands do not want to take. Uh, in our case, what we try to do is we want to embed savings into customers' use cases, but we take the responsibility of uh, farming that customer so that they they save enough before they are able to buy things. Okay, interesting. And I was thinking earlier when you were talking about the commercial side of it, uh, and when you mentioned financial services, there's a lot of financial advisory around future planning and savings and investment. There's a lot of firms that would be interested in a database of 10, 50, 100,000 people. Right. Uh, are there opportunities there? Do you look, will you look at advertising? You know, this term retail media now where it's, you know, advertising within apps that's more sort of native and the purchase intent is there. So are, are, are that, is that a potential revenue opportunity? Uh, we wouldn't go that route because data being a fintech app, uh, data is of prime importance to us and customers uh, the security of that data is our responsibility again so we don't want to dilute it by saying that you can spend because our core purpose is how do you save if you are spending how can you first save and spend responsibly that's mm -hmm. that's where we extend ourselves into but the advertising is not going to be uh, the next round we would list multiple financial products on our website so that the customer gets a marketplace view of where they want to save with or what kind of instruments that they want to pick uh, but it's never going to be get a credit card or get XYZ savings account. That's that's not where we are headed. Okay, and on the educational part, like you mentioned earlier, especially related to the stock market that people need to know, 
uh, I, I see some companies spend a lot of resources and funds on content, even though they're fintech companies. Uh, and it can be very costly to do a lot of sort of uh, educational uh, videos or latest market news and things like that. Right. Is that something that you, you think you will need to do? Or do you think uh, that other companies can do that and you focus on uh, the sort of data and the thing? Uh, so literacy and uh, providing a platform go hand in hand. And that's certainly that we that's a certain use case where we want to go deeper into. Mm. Uh, it is not only a single player that can bring that kind of a financial literacy into the ecosystem. It is more of a network play, how 10 big players in the market are creating the kind of information that resonates with people and then people want to save and invest, then it's their choice where they want to be at. Uh, content is of importance, also from a lifestyles perspective. For us, how do we find elements that are valuable to them on their day-to-day -day spending and saving behavior? And that's the content that we are limiting ourselves to right now. And as we get more specialized in terms of the products that we offer, there's a larger awareness play and outlay that we'll have to build. Yeah, fascinating. And, you know, beat down in DIFC, it's really sort of, we're growing, it's really a melting pot of startups, like in that innovation hub. There's loads of um, uh, fintech companies there. Is that inspiring to be around those companies or... Is it sort of intimidating? They raise a lot of money. They might be poaching staff. Like, what's the what's the atmosphere like there? Uh, so I think the IFC is one of the strongest ecosystem uh, in terms of fintechs that we have ever seen. And it's quite collaborative in nature. So there are a lot of functionalities which, which can just work together. Um, and those are the opportunities that we look at. Uh, getting customer is a large play. Uh, but it's it's not competition. You, we all are trying to create categories ground up, and it can can never be done by a single entity on day one. Building awareness, building uh, literacy is is a harder bit to do, and has to be done as an ecosystem rather than individual players. Yeah, interesting. And are all your sixteen people based there? Uh, no, we we are a mix of uh, team based in Dubai, so it's only six people in here, and then we have got people uh, between UK and India. Uh, yeah, because a lot of, especially with a tech company, the developers can be remote, and and is that, do you have a remote style working culture? Yes, yes, we do have it, and it's quite flexible in nature. Uh, we intend to bring all of them uh, to Dubai very soon, uh, but it's only time that uh, when there are more resources in place and we see that the, this is the traction that we want the support ecosystem to also be here is uh, when we are going to get it. And is Save an app that or a company that has a sort of um, an idea of, you know, focusing on expats in countries like the UAE and in the region or, uh, you know, what's your sort of, you know, when in your investor decks, when you're putting your total addressable market, like what are you looking at? Right. So we are not only looking at UAE, that's a starting market and a very good market to learn from because you get to cater to expat populations from across the globe. For us, Southeast Asians had been uh, one of the largest cohort of customers that we have been serving. But then we have got customers who are very active on the Africa corridor or have been the Arab expats. Uh, I was in Jeddah just entire last week, this week, and then in Riyadh next week, we see uh, KSA is another emerging opportunity where there's a lot of 
टेक सावी मिडिल क्लास पॉपुलेशन वे पीपल वॉन्ट टू हैव एक्सेस टू मोर ग्लोबल प्रोडक्ट्स एंड वेज एंड इंस्ट्रूमेंट्स दैट सिट विद देयर लाइफ स्टाइल एंड या दैट्स दैट्स वॉट वी आर ट्राइंग टू लर्न फ्रॉम अ अपॉर्चुनिटी परस्पेक्टिव के एस ए इज अप नेक्स्ट एंड वी आर ट्राइंग टू डू समथिंग ऑन द एफ्रीका कॉरिडोर एज वेल बट इट के नॉट बी इमीडिएट सो एवरी थिंग सिट्स ऑन Three to six months. Sorry, what? Red, red, yeah, yeah. It's going to be at least three to six months of learning period, uh, like being there, understanding the customers, what kind of products work, if you need to modify them, before you say we are ready to launch it for the customers. There's a lot of localization that's also required when you are talking about a tech app. So it's not technology that you need to port. There's a lot of customer behavior that you need to adapt to, and uh, that's what we are working to when we are talking about other geographies and different regulations as well. Yes, it is, and uh, that takes a lot of time. So we are part of the fintech Saudi cohort this time. So we are also actively speaking to uh, other regulators because we understand the timelines which are associated with it. Uh, yeah, we've got some ecosystem enablers in other geographies. And the language. Uh, yes, that's where the localization comes in. While we could see that uh, most of our audiences are comfortable with English, but then Arabic becomes a natural uh, thing that must exist on an app. So that's that's something also uh, that we are working on right now. But generally, you're kind of focused on this region, the Middle East and Africa. Yes, yes, that is where we are at. Yeah, fair enough. And um, but do you think that you know because it's an app and it's something that you can get user downloads from other markets that you might then enter those markets? Oh, we might, but we don't know it right now. It's uh, too much to take on a plate saying that there are more markets that we can serve. The markets that we are already talking about are hundred million plus potential users, and if we are able to get a chunk. Out of that is a biggest opportunity. Interestingly, only UAE and KSA uh, total up spend about four hundred billion dollars on aspirational purchases, and a lot of it is uh, still on debit and cash. So, how do we make it more lucrative and saving led? Uh, getting a part of it just makes you a billion dollar company uh, shortly. <laughs> Good pitch. And Prabhu, uh, you mentioned earlier about sort of the plus the points. What did you call them? Save points. Save yes, pl- save coins. Save coins. Did you think of uh, a token like token economy and like uh, crypto and coin, you know a coin offering like that for this? Uh, so our CTO is absolutely going to love it and jump over it as soon as we say that we are ready for Web three. But there are a lot of things that we still need to uh, do on our core product, and there's a lot of opportunity to go deeper uh, into this geography. So while we can say that we have a huge spread of things, what makes sense is what. What works the best right now? Get more customers in. You can always extend the pipeline of products that you need to offer. Yeah, interesting. So not yet, but then the not yet, <laughs> but yeah, maybe a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Back. Yeah, because it seems ready made for that. Like we we even see, you know, uh, Elon Musk's X app has uh, now a, a crypto license. So there's a there's a favorable regulation in the UAE around these licensing as well. Uh, but you you probably would need to apply for that as well. Right. Uh, no. So I think UAE has been one of the most ma- uh, mo- uh, one of the frontier markets trying to adapt uh, to what's happening globally, and they're proactively trying to get 
onto the regulations front of it. So there is VARA, there are other uh, regulations which are getting into place. And mm. uh, yes, I I can safely say 12 to 24 months is going to be a timeline again where you see uh, a lot of token propositions or Web3 propositions coming back again. Definitely. And what's the sort of, for you, uh, in that same timeline, what's the roadmap? Uh, so for us, uh, we are again focusing on how do we sit more with users' lifestyles. It is going to be much larger data play for us where we we extend it to multiple products, uh, product lines. So that's dimension one. The dimension two is how do we get more and more brands uh, on board? And third one is how do we get across geographies? So that three-dimensional play is any which way a lot uh, to digest in the next two years. So that's where we are going to be at. Okay, so, so we're sort of halfway through the year. No, actually, two-thirds two through thirds. the year. Yes, that's scary. <laughs> it's already 1st of September today. Uh, and so if I offered you a ch choice of 1 million uh, users, active users by the end of 2024 or profitable by the end of 2024, which would you pick? Um, that's a different, uh, difficult choice, <laughs> right? Uh, savings as uh, a product has never been a unit economics play. It has always been a play of ecosystem. Right. So how strong an ecosystem that you are able to build, uh, how strongly are you able to incorporate network effects into it, that, that changes the game. So 1 million users is going to get me the opportunity to get more financial services players getting attracted to the product. So that builds ecosystem on one side. And that's also going to be very exciting for brands on the other side to get access to them. So if that comes in place, I know my revenue drivers in, are in place. So if it's not 2024 December, it would be Jan 2025, I'd be any which way being uh, going to be profitable. So, so 1 million users it is, you active so, users. So you, you, know, you, you, could, you could generate significant revenue at 1 million yes, users with yes. your partner play. Right. Uh, I think for us, profitability set only at 200,000 users. That's what we have been targeting. Uh, getting 1 million active users and in one and a half year timeline or less than that is a goldmine for anyone. Mm. So I would choose that. Brilliant. You choose both. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 1 million drives the profitability. Well, thank you so much, Purvi, for sharing the story. It's fascinating to see, you know, as always, uh, bright young entrepreneurs and taking on the big uh, fintech space and uh, it sounds like you're on the right path so we'll follow save in the future thank you so much thank you for having me here thanks Good a time. lot i think if i was starting a business i would never start a fintech company because this, it sounds so complicated and there's always so many different things so it's super impressive to hear uh, young entrepreneurs who figured it out and uh, have come up with something like save has in the last 18 months that makes sense and obviously going in the right direction uh, so good luck to them uh, thanks again for listening if you are on an audio app apple angami soundcloud spotify uh, then you can like, comment, share, subscribe uh, on any of the podcasts. Uh, you can also watch on smashy.tv. We're available on uh, smart TV apps. Uh, and then 
you can also read about it on Love in Dubai. Uh, the general news are on any of the Smashy Instagram accounts, our Twitter accounts, our YouTube page. Uh, Smashy Business is where you get these types of Dubai work stuff. But there's also Smashy Gaming, Smashy Crypto, uh, Smashy uh, Sports as well. Uh, speaking of sports, we've just launched an offer of 30% off uh, for a season pass for the UAE uh, sports. So futsal, volleyball, handball, and as of tomorrow, we'll be uh, the official broadcasters for UAE basketball as well. Uh, so do go check that out. Thanks as always to the people behind the interview, uh, our producers, Shahir and Ali. Uh, this is a smashy business production, part of the Gustus Media Podcast Network.